It's time for Wolo and Friends on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Presented by Homer Skelton Hyundai. Here is your host, the voice of the Tigers, Dave Woloshin. Welcome in another Manic Monday after an incredible wild weekend in the college NFL and even MLB worlds. Wow, are we busy today. We've got the medals coming your way. We got John Thompson on college football. We got Jason Munns on college basketball, particularly the Tigers and the Tigers open up. You realize that basketball, the overlap, the busiest, my one of my more favorite times of the year is when you've got college football and college basketball both at the same time. Wow. Two weeks away. Love it. Two weeks away. Zach Boyd in, as always. Um, Zach, picks this weekend. Not bad for you. 500, 2, 2, and 1. Okay. Uh, 3, 1, and 1 for me. Just so you know, <laughs> which, and I want you to mark this down now, because J. Morgan Harder uh, let me know my record with this weekend now, and one game tonight, which could determine the week between you and me, because you've got Dallas, I've got the Chargers tonight. The overall record for me now is 24, 12, and 2. I believe, if I did my math correctly this morning, that means this year, which would be the greatest year that I've ever had in 48 years of being a professional broadcaster, I have picked two out of three in the pick sixes. It's not bad. I Not bad? I'd be rich if I were betting on this. <laughs> two out of three? Holy mackerel. Um, that probably won't continue, but uh, it, it is fun. So 3-1-1 and one and one this week, 2-2-1 two, two and one for you. Glenn Rogers Jr., who's been, like, unbelievable. Of course, we don't do spreads on high school games. He picks them straight up. He was 0-2 this week. You know, it was fall break. We only did two games. I know he doesn't care at all because MUS beat Christian Brothers, and that's <laughs> where he cares about. It's you know defensive coordinator, assistant coach forever at MUS. And that's that's a rival game, big game. I think they were pretty dominating in that game. But he picked Munford to beat Lausanne. There will be a medal coming soon on that particular game for a different reason. We'll get into that. And uh, Lausanne was a winner over Munford. And he picked FACS uh, to, uh, to, to win their game, and that was not the case this week. So he was... Unbelievable. 0 for 2. That has never occurred this week uh, or this year, I should say, for Glenn Rogers Jr. But I, like I said, his, his team won. I'm sure he doesn't give one heck of a darn. All right. Tigers and Tulane. Bottom line is this. If you look at it, particularly line play, Tulane is really the better team. Tulane has a quarterback that's probably better than Memphis's slightly. And Michael Pratt's a, a good quarterback. I, I still think Seth Hennigan is a very high-quality quarterback. He has had very poor starts. And what is interesting to me is now you are getting some criticism of not playing Tevin Carter at all. And Seth Hennigan was making a very good case to play Tevin Carter with the way he began the game. I believe he started off 1 for 10 for 44 yards. 1 for 10. And most of those throws were on him. They were bad. He had one pick that was on him. He had a pick later that was not on him. That was on Rock Taylor. The receiver just let the ball go through his hands. But When you are a team playing another team and you're at home and you're not quite as good as that other team, but it's close, in my estimation, close, you can't make mistakes. you got to play a perfect game. Memphis made three critical errors in the game. Two interceptions, by the way, both became touchdowns. That's 14 points off of turnovers in a 10-point loss. The third one... You're still in the game. You're down a field goal. And 
you've got plenty of time and you've got a team backed up and you give them a first down and lose three or four minutes in the process with an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty, DeAndre's Fox hitting a guy below the, well, let's just put it this way. I know people like to say below the Mendoza line. We well, hit him in the family jewels. It was a cheap shot. It was a terrible shot. It disgusted the words used by the head coach, Ryan Silverfield. Disgusted him. Made him sick to his stomach is what he said. That it will be handled. You do that, you're giving games away. Two interceptions and the uppercut to the family jewels, which cost you time and field position in any attempted comeback. Those three errors, to me, the difference in the game. And we should point out, giving Tulane total credit, they could run the football. They had a running back who had over 100 yards, which, by the way, is two weeks in a row. The guys had over 100 yards. I know they lost Tajay Spears to the NFL. He's playing for the Titans. But this kid was a good running back. So they had better line play. You made the mistakes. They ran the ball. You could not. You actually outgained them when it comes to passing yards and overall yards. That's nothing. That means nothing. Because they get the W, which, by the way, got them back to top 25. So both Memphis losses now are the teams that are in the top 25. And both were games that could have gone Memphis's way. I'm not saying should have either. Could have. Which tells you Memphis still has plenty of opportunities to get to the goals they wanted, which is a conference title, and to get into the New Year's Day 6. Now... There's no room at all for any margin of error. None. Zero. You've got to win out in order for that to happen, and then would have to beat Tulane in Tulane for you to get to the New Year's Day 6. And you need help from other conferences, which could happen. This is one of the craziest weekends I can remember. Like, who saw Stanford coming back from 29 nothing? I don't know if you stayed up late, but Boise, this hurt Memphis, by the way. Colorado State comes back and scores two touchdowns in the last, like, four minutes to win their football game. The Montana-Idaho game late. I stayed up until 2 o'clock in the morning watching this stuff. Uh, Montana and Utah. uh, Utah. um, And Idaho. At Idaho. You ever see – do you see that little – they got an indoor stadium in in Idaho? They do? And, yeah – I wonder, I'm, it, it must be dual, right? So you play basketball and football in there, like the Carrier Dome for Syracuse. I don't know that for a fact, but I guess they do. But like the, um, you got seating on both sides. I don't even know what it seats. I'm, I'm going to guess 30,000 or something like that. And um, both goal posts are literally walls where the, where the uprights come out of the wall. It's crazy, but it's cozy. And it's warm because it's cold up there, you know, and it gets snowy and everything else so they can play football and, and, and relax. And anyway, great game. Who would have seen, because neither of us picked it, um, the way that USC would get manhandled by Notre Dame? Holy moly. I didn't see that coming. Did you? Yeah, they made Caleb Williams look like a freshman. Well, I hate, I hate to say it, but we're not getting a repeat Heisman Trophy winner again this year. That cost Caleb his chance at a second Heisman Trophy. No, no way he can get back into it. Too many good players that are in the conversation now, including Penix at Washington, who looked brilliant in their victory over Oregon. And we're going to get into this with John Thompson here in a minute because there are plenty of people rating conferences now that have the Pac-12 as the best conference. In fact, I saw one where the SEC was third. Pac-12 one, Big Ten two, SEC three. There's only one undefeated team still in the SEC. That is Georgia. Now, I, I know John's going to make the case who have these teams played, right? Big Ten's got three. They got Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State still haven't lost a game. What do you, In the ACC, you've got 
Florida State, North Carolina. Is there somebody else that might be undefeated? I don't think so. But only the one, Georgia, which, you know, they haven't, like, knocked you over. And then the team leading in the West, Alabama, you know, barely gets by Arkansas at home. Crazy year. The SEC does not look like the dominating conference. In fact, they got what? One in the top seven or eight in the poll. Last year, they had like three or four <laughs> at this time. So, interesting for sure. All right. On Mondays, we do a thing called Precious Metals. We'll get to that in just one minute. It's partially brought to you by Family Leisure, where the world's biggest spa sale is still going on, bigger and better than ever before, with 50 different models to choose from, five different manufacturers, and up to 30% off on in-stock spas and swim spas even. And if you go into place, you'll be wowed because it looks great. There's so much to choose from inside Right there at I-40 and Wooden Road. Free upgrades on all in-stock spas and 24 months, same as cash. Please go check it out. And this portion of our show, in fact, the entire hour, presented by Genesis of Olive Branch. Where if you're looking for a GV80 or a GV70, there's special financing, there's special prices, and this is luxury. This is the best technology that there is. I can tell you that it will last forever. I can do it seems like it. And I can also tell you, you feel like a king when you ride in any of those Genesis vehicles. Plenty on hand. Go see Vinny. Ask about the special financing. Ask about the deals. Right there at the corner of Highway 78, Lamar, and the first exit in Mississippi, Craft Road. Turn left. Go see Chris True. Go see Vinny. Go see all the folks with Genesis of Olive Branch. All right. Medals to be given. I'll start. A couple of bronze medals. First off, Stanford. 29 to nothing. They were down at the half to Coach Prime, Colorado. Got to give you full confession. I thought it was over. I didn't really watch the second half. Zach Boyd, did you watch any of that game? I did not. Did, so was, you didn't watch from the beginning? I was I was I was on my high horse when, when Colorado was up big, so. 29 nothing, I swear to you, I said, I'm not gonna waste my time with this. Terrible game. I'm yeah. Go watch other stuff. And they came back and won the game? <laughs> Did you see the parody, by the way, um, on Saturday Night Live? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, with uh, Keenan, uh, Keenan Thompson? Keenan Thompson nailed it. <laughs> I mean, it was so good. So good. Uh, I, that's, that's just crazy. I don't know how they came back from I mean, because Stanford's not a very good football team, but I got to give them a lot of credit. I mean, they just hung in there and they kept coming. And finally, 46-43 in double overtime. Uh, that That is one for the ages. I don't know how they lost the game, Colorado, but they did. So that story, it just it's just an... We can't help but watch it, right? Because you don't know what's going to happen. They're going to pull an upset or they're going to give up one they never should have. Crazy, crazy stuff in Boulder. You, you know, and, and honest, honestly, Deion Sanders is just must-watch either way. Got to give a bronze medal to Tom Kim, the Korean from Australia, who is so charismatic. He won. Second time he won in Vegas this year. First guy to ever do that. And he's won his third PGA Tour event. He's only 21. You know, the last person that won three events on the PGA Tour at age 21? That would be Tiger Woods. Now, I'm not saying Tom Kim is Tiger Woods, but I am saying he is a bona fide star. Congratulations to him. Two silver medals. And we'll start with the Texas Rangers. They get home field advantage over Houston. They take a pitching battle between... A guy named Jordan Montgomery and an institution named Justin Verlander. Both pitched well, but Montgomery even better. Six and a third, shutout innings, five hits, six Ks. 
And here's Texas not losing in the postseason and knocking off the only division winner still in the playoffs, the Houston Rangers, the Astros. So the Rangers in the battle of Texas to get to the World Series. Round one to Dallas and the Texas Rangers. Silver medal, Kevin LeCastro. So I know Glenn Rogers Jr. picked Munford to win. I think most people thought Munford would win that game. Kevin LeCastro and his Lausanne football team won the game. They're very much in the hunt for a state gold ball. thing about it is it was a good number for him. That was win number 200. 200th high school victory for Kevin LeCastro between... Lausanne, Christian Brothers, quite the story. So happy for Kevin. I think there's only six or seven guys in the state who have ever won 200 high school football games. Kevin LeCastro is now on that list. So congratulations to him. And I'm giving a gold to the National Football League. Because this is what Pete Roselle had in mind when he thought about it. When he was trying to put together a league... It would be intriguing to everybody, and he made it the number one watched sport on the planet, or at least here in, the, in America, by far, when you look at television ratings. We've played six weeks, right? You know how many undefeated teams there are, Zach Boyd? Zero. Bingo. There's not a dominating team. Who would have thought Cleveland over San Francisco? Who would have ever thought the Jets over Philly? Come on. Crazy. Detroit's become a playoff contender? I mean, they can't blow this. This is unbelievable. What a year already with parity and interest, and you never know what to expect. The NFL gets my gold medal. Your medals? Yes, sir. So, Bronze, and uh, we didn't we didn't get a chance to talk about this over the weekend because it kind of happened Friday. Um, the Phillies. Knocking off the Braves. I was very, like, I wanted the the Braves and the Astros to kind of meet each other in. Oh, I know, because you, love the, you I, love the Braves. I wanted that so bad because I think both of those teams were two very high-powered offenses with very good pitching staffs. It was like, to me, it was like it was meant to be. But the Phillies said otherwise. Well, it should have been the Braves and the Dodgers if you're going to go along with that recipe. I know, but that, that's what everybody thought. All these 100 team uh, W teams taking on one another. The two and 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 honestly, um, I, I I go back to I really believe they got to play best of seven after the wild card. I don't think the wild card should be anything more than it is, but best of five is not the true test of baseball. Best of seven is. That's what it should be after that. If that means they got to go to a 154-game regular season, I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. But I – and who knows if it would be different, but I would have liked to have seen that test. Yeah. So, shout-out to the Phillies. I think they play the NLCS. It's tonight. It yes. So, we got a doubleheader today. 3.30, Rangers and Astros game two. That would be in Houston. And then game one tonight, Philly – with uh, Arizona. Yeah. Uh, another bronze. I got to give that to Zaire Williams. Ah, he's coming. I got that in my notes, too. He's making a case, isn't he? Yes. I have been I have been a part of his fan club since he got drafted. And I've, I've stuck with him through last season because everybody wanted him traded. And now, so far through these, uh, the last couple of preseason games, it's starting looking. It's starting looking like my guy's about to round well, it for him. Let me just caution. You. I know it's preseason. Preseason, preseason games it. mean zilch. It doesn't. But he, he, and here's the thing. I, I I'm not disagreeing with that medal at all. I am not a Zaire Will or I was not a Zaire Williams fan. I thought it was a questionable pick. I thought it toward the end of his rookie year. Okay, maybe. You know, this climbing is a genius, right? He's pretty good. <laughs> then last year, I I thought, no, my my initial feeling about Williams is he's really not the real deal. I, 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 I'm not sure that was a good pick. And now, again, we're back into the situation where maybe this guy is good. Yeah. So I think what he's done is open up the door 
for another chance to really figure it out. He deserves another opportunity to be in the rotation from what we've seen so far. I buy that. I'm, I'm, Excited about Aldama. I, I thought that was a pick I wasn't sure about it in the beginning, but really, I've been more confident in that pick than Williams. They both could end up being decent picks, though. Yeah. Zaire coming into media days told the media, hey, nobody nobody had a harder uh, working offseason than I did. And it's so far, again, it's preseason. Right. But it looks good. He looks good. My silver. I got to give it to the Jets and the Browns. Specifically, why, Dave? Because they upset two teams that I think are two of the best teams in the NFL. The Jets and the Browns? No. No. They beat Cle- uh, 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 The Jets beat Philly. Yes. And the Browns beat the Niners, the right. two teams that I thought are terrific. Yes, they are. And they're no more unde- uh, unbeaten teams. That's right. So they deserve my silver for that alone. Uh, and then my gold, and it's in college football here. It's very random teams. You, I'm, I'm, I'm going to let okay. you figure it out. Sure. Pittsburgh, Arizona, Oklahoma State, and Missouri. What do all of those four teams have in common? Underdogs that won their games. Okay. Um, were they all on the road? No, I mean I think I think a couple of them were. Well, I know Missouri beat Kentucky at Kentucky. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Both were under all. All were underdog winners. I know that. Yeah. Upset specials. There you that's go. What, that's that's what all four teams have in common. Upset specials. They were absolutely outstanding. All right, real quick, my rust. That goes to the New York Giants. Do you know how many touchdowns the New York Giants have scored in the last three and a half games? As many undefeated teams as there are in the NFL. Zero. They have not scored a touchdown in the last three and a half games. Over 200 and something snaps. It's crazy. They ended the first half. They ended the game at the one-yard line and could not get Six points. I don't think I've ever seen a stretch of futility as bad as the New York football giants. Your rust? I got a couple of. I got to get one to the Tigers. You had a 20 point, you scored 21 unanswered, had yep. the lead. Yep, fair. It was starting to look like there was some momentum going, and yep. then you gave up 21 straight points again. So they deserve a rust for that, but it was still encouraging to see that. The offense can get going, but you can't give well, up what, what, on the what, back what I think you saw along those lines is resiliency. They were down 17-0 to Boise, came back. They were down 10-0 yeah. to Tulane, came back and took the lead with three straight touchdowns to Boise. They had four straight touchdowns. But I understand the rust. Yeah. You had your, your 10-point cushion, and it went away. Yeah. Another one, another one before we go to break. Got to give that that one to Oregon and Dan Lanning. Should have punted. That was rough. Well, if he gets, what was it, fourth down midfield? I, I think he was at his 47. Yeah. And what is it, fourth down and two or three, right? Yeah, that's correct. If he gets the first down, he wins the game. Yes. So he decided he was going to win the game right there. And, you know, honestly... It, that 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 is tough, and then really what is tough is that his kid missed a field goal because they still <laughs> could have tied the game, and who knows? Um, Lanning said it's all on him. I would have punted the football. All these analytic guys do not, and we've seen it hasn't worked out that well with the analytic guys as as it was last year for whatever reason. This year it seems to me that going forward and not making it on fourth down has backfired in several high-profile games. That one with Washington, which, by the way, was a great game. That one um, I know came back and blew up in his face. And I give Lanning a lot of credit. He took the blame. He goes, it's on me. Yeah. So, good stuff. Thank you much. we got to take a break. We are sitting in the Family Leisure Studios. As we mentioned, this portion of the show is brought to you by the good folks at the Spirit Shop. That's right at the corner of Poplar and St. Nick. Okay. 
big Monday night football. I know most Dallas Cowboy fans have to drink to ease themselves the pain of what's going to happen tonight against the Chargers. So if you're out because you've had a great weekend of having fun, please go see Eddie Connor and my guys right at the corner of Poplar and St. Nick. It's the little log cabin. You've passed it by forever. When you're going past Clark Tower, you're heading toward the river. There it is on the right, 4848 Poplar Avenue. It's not so little inside, filled with all kinds of goodies. Local IPAs, valuable bourbons, up-and-coming vodkas, the latest in wine. You might find the newest that you can get for cheap now that five years from now that wine will be valuable. Eddie Connor and his staff will educate you. It's time to restock. Go see my folks at the Spirit Shop at Poplar and St. Nick in the heart of East Memphis. John Thompson in Atlanta comes your way in a minute. We are Real Sports Talk. Sports 56 WHBQ. Available on your radio dial at 560 AM and 98.5 FM as well as around the world online at sports56whbq.com. Take us with you everywhere by downloading the Sports 56 app. And at home, just say, Alexa, play Sports 56. Wherever you are, stay tuned in to Real Sports Talk. Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now, back to Wolo and Friends on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Presented by Homer Skelton Hyundai. Here once again is the voice of the Tigers, Dave Woloshin. Ah, welcome back in. Always a pleasure to travel down to Atlanta to talk to our coach. That would be John Thompson on college football. What a crazy weekend it was once again. That's what we have. Unbelievable comeback. Stanford, did you watch the second half of Stanford? Did you, like me, turn it off? 29-0 no. Coach Prime in just absolutely dominating a bad Stanford team. No, I I watched it. I and I only saw the second half, and so I saw um, a different a different shade of uh, of Dion, and he got real quiet there the second half. And Stanford just kind of came back, and man, Colorado couldn't do anything, and Stanford just opened up a opened up a can on them, and just kept coming and coming and coming. And Stanford looks like the team that that knew they were going to win the ball game, and. Colorado acted like a team that knew they were going to lose the ball game. It was the emotions that I saw in the second half. It was just, um, it, it was totally turned around from, was it 26 to nothing? Is that what it 29 was? 29 to nothing. 29 and they came back. Okay. That's a, uh, that's unbelievable. I know. That is unbelievable. So what, so that's, uh, as a coach, quit. as a coach, when you lose a game like that, what does that do to your team psyche? No, you, that's the hardest thing as a coach. I mean, you go back, you start thinking about what you did in, at halftime, what you didn't do at halftime, how you approached it, who was in the – I mean, every, you you analyze every single thing that uh, – and, 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 and you're going to be able to come back. It's going to be one, two, at the most three plays that made the difference in the game, that you could go back and change the outcome – of, of one to three plays, they're going to win that football game. So that just eats at you. It, it's harder to deal with a loss like that than getting blown out fifty to nothing. If that, then you got a you got a lot of things to fix. But uh, with with this, it's just getting down to the to the minute details and just one read, one block, one catch, one tackle for one yard less. It uh, and and then now you got to you you got to be careful what goes on in that locker room, you know, because now it's it's so easy to pull. Well, if you'd have made the catch, if you'd have made the tackle, if uh, if the coach had have made a different call, I mean, everybody, you know, starts to uh, start to analyze. You better make sure that you analyze yourself instead of everybody else, because it starts with the individual with with that to get it right. Yeah, um, those. 
those are the to, to keep your locker room confident and believing like you did after something like that. I think that is tough. You just have to convince them this was just one weird circumstance. You know, I, I shouldn't be surprised because it happens every year. But when you think you start to get a handle on teams midway through the year, you get you, you got a feel for them, right? And then you get USC Notre Dame. Here's Notre Dame getting plastered by Louisville the week before. And then Louisville turns around and loses. And here comes a USC team with Caleb Williams, who is on a mission to become the first repeat Heisman Trophy winner since Archie Griffin, when I was a kid. Was on a mission. Was uh, on yeah. a mission. That's over. I mean, could, is there any way you could have seen that coming, that USC would you know, be that bad against Notre Dame? No, not USC, but I, you know, I, I've got a, I've got an ex-player that plays linebacker for Notre Dame, and I talked to him before and after every game, and you know they have been so close. And when they had the ten men on the field, and they were doing that, and and uh, I, I just Notre Dame played so well. They played so well, and then when Williams throws, I mean he hadn't thrown any interceptions, I don't think, or maybe one or two, and he throws three in that game. I mean, it, Notre Dame was uh, was a whole lot like Stanford was against. You get a hot team and you play that way; it really doesn't matter. Things are going. I mean, Notre Dame was having fun. They were having fun playing, and they hadn't had that. And and I'm going with some inside knowledge on that. And they they relaxed, they loosened up, and it was a it was a different defense. Notre Dame was all over them. I, I thought. Uh, and I'm biased on that because J.D. Bertrand is the, the guy I'm talking about, and mm-hmm. he's a he's a fantastic player. And uh, I talked to him Sunday morning, and he he was still elated. They just had fun playing, and that's uh, it's a long season, Dave. It's a long. I mean, even me coaching high school, we we're uh, we played seven games, and and we've got a possibility of eight more games to play. That uh, is five crazy. Five to win the to win the, the the it would be the gold ball in Tennessee. I don't know what it is in the state of it of, of Georgia. Championship, yeah. To win the championship, five you got you got to play. You got to win five playoff games. That's crazy. Five playoff games. I know it. That's uh, that's a and, third and season. The, you're exactly right. That's that's hard, and it's hard with with the locker room with. I mean, people start looking, okay, how many more Tuesdays do we have left? How many more Saturdays do I have to get up? We do yoga on Saturday mornings. You think our players are looking forward to getting up every every Saturday morning and do some yoga? So it's uh – it's a it's tough dealing with, no, I, with I gotta I gotta sixteen I, and eighteen I gotta laugh. college guys even tougher. Go I ahead. can't I just can't imagine you doing yoga on Saturday mornings, I'm sorry. Oh yeah, I'm the I'm, i lead them. I lead them in it. You're you're are you yeah. still limited? I'm doing the down I'm doing the down dog and, and doing all that stuff. Yeah. Man. No wonder your course, golf game can, is still so good. Yeah, that's that's well there's just a little known fact about me. I'm pretty flexible, Dave. Very well, apparently, I'm I'm very very impressed at that age. Um, <laughs> what do so, you mean at that age? <laughs> well, what is that? You're younger than me. Come on. Uh, <laughs> so one team left in the SEC that's undefeated. That's Georgia, seven and zero, and they haven't looked like world beaters the last couple of weeks. You know, Big Ten. They got three undefeated teams: Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State. That'll sort of sort itself out. But right now. Three undefeateds. ACC's got Florida State, North Carolina, undefeated. Um, good ball teams. Yeah, really good ball teams. Pac-12. Man, is there some competition in the Pac-12. Washington, still undefeated. Uh, USC's no longer undefeated. Neither is Washington, Oregon. Good team. Good UCLA's team. I, a really I, good team. There are some people... Out there that I'm, are rating, I'm not, smelling, I'm not smelling this from you. I hope there are people out there rating conferences. One has the SEC number three. Several have them number two. Can you buy that? Dave, Dave, Dave. Heck to the no! I cannot buy that. The and and will not buy that. The difference, the the brutality 
the difference in physical football in the Southeastern Conference from from head to toe. I mean, and, and okay, you, you may not include uh, you may not include Vanderbilt, but who else are you not going to include in that? I mean, all right, Georgia's struggling, and and who knows? They may be the best team in the country. Uh, they might not be if, if Bowers is out for a while, but uh, from top to bottom, I mean, you got Arkansas and Bama slugging it out, and, and really was kind of a to me, it was a boring it was a boring football game. But uh, Bama gave up Bama gave up five sacks in that game. But you got Florida, South Carolina, Missouri, Kentucky. You know, all of that happening. That's not Stanford, Colorado. Uh, and I'll give you okay. Oregon and Washington, really good teams. But you put them in the you put them in the East or the West, they'll be just they're just okay teams. They'll be fighting for the for a championship. What, what about the top of the okay. Big Ten? You think that's pillow? Top fighting? of the Big Ten is really good. I think I think Michigan I think Michigan could be the best team in the country. Could be the and now I'm talking top to bottom. I'm talking about body of work, everything. There's a couple of guys. In there, in each of those conferences, Oregon's good. I, I, Washington is good. Michigan is very good. Hey, North Carolina is a very good team. Mac Brown has done a great job with that. Mike Norvell has done an unbelievable job. Florida State is a good team. Well, they, they, they definitely could be the best team in the country too. I mean, they could. They could look, win it all. If you look I mean, at I don't resumes, think North Carolina can. you look at resumes right now. They're as good as any team in the country. They've they've beaten an LSU team, right? Uh, they yeah, beaten Clemson on the road. Yeah, so so right now, okay, okay, but th- but on the road, on the road, I get it. That's their biggest yeah. rival at this point yeah, in conference. I, I'm with you. I'm with you. I, yeah, but but you're gonna okay line up line. You're talking about Florida State, right? Yeah. Then let's line them up and and let them play Tennessee, Georgia, then get then uh, Missouri, Kentucky. You know, uh, that's just in the East. You know, then, or if you put them in the West, let them play Alabama, Texas A&M. Even though, you know, Texas a and is not one of the better teams. LSU, Auburn. Well, I'm sorry, I can't say that about Auburn right now. Auburn's got to find themselves. they got a long way to go. But uh, Florida, South Carolina, back in the East now. So, no, I I just think the the physicalness and, and... the toughness and week to week to week to week. Uh, I, I just believe in the SEC, and and I, I know a lot of that's historical. But uh, these teams that they don't have to play. I mean, they got Arizona State that they got to play, and then they got to play Oregon State, and you know, and there's there's just not the there's not the same schedule week to week to week. Alabama comes in there, and maybe you know, maybe they weren't pumped up, and they just barely uh, beat Arkansas, but it's. Uh, Here's what, here's what troubles me about Arkansas, uh, about Alabama. You, you mentioned sacks. How, how about the fact that they had all the penalties that they have? This looks like the uh, worst Nick Saban coach team I've seen since LSU and you and he were driving cars together. <laughs> yeah, for a while there. I know it. And, I, I, and one of those touchdowns, a tight end was ineligible. I thought they didn't say anything about it on TV, but he was covered up and hit the tight end down the middle of the field. Uh, but they're yeah, they're not playing. They're not playing good. They busted a coverage, gave Arkansas an easy touchdown. Uh, if Arkansas can get their offensive line together, they win the game. They I'm... win the game just with one guy, and I'm talking about KJ Jefferson. Yeah, but uh, it's uh, Alabama. Alabama is is. Uh, a really good team. The expectations for Alabama is off the charts, but uh, they're uh, they're they're definitely beatable. That's going to be a fun fun game this week. Hey, look at jo- what Josh Heupel did. He 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 wants to run the football. He threw for less than a hundred and and wins the game and wins the game. I think his his true DNA is start. He wants to spread it out. He's had. When Hooker was throwing the football like he was, but uh, they're winning. They're winning old school wise by running the football. I know. I'm right shocked. Now, I, I, I give him a lot of credit because he realizes Milton's not more than a fifty percent guy, and so yeah, that's right. 
He's, exactly he right. is adapting to the personnel because that is not his system. I'm 100% with you there. Real quick because we're all late. Tennessee, okay. Alabama, give me how you think that ends up. It's in Tuscaloosa. Yeah, you know, I, I think Tennessee, Tennessee can run the ball. They, they proved that. And, they, and, and I really think Hypo wants to run the football. Uh, Alabama, it, they just don't have the playmakers. I think Tennessee's got more playmakers than they do. Alabama's got problems uh, in the offensive line. Their defensive line is getting better. Tennessee offensive line can do a good job, and I think that's where the matchup will be. Tennessee's offensive line against Alabama's defensive front, if they hold their own there, I think Tennessee wins the game, even though it's in Tuscaloosa. You heard it from our guy. That is John Thompson. Have a great weekend, my friend. Good luck to you and your team, and we'll chat next Monday. All right, David. Great, great to be talking to you again. I know. Glad you're back. I've missed Take you. Care. Thank you. All right. That's our coach. That's John Thompson down in Atlanta. And he's brought to you by Shell Dunn. We know we're in the heart of football season. That is for sure. And, you know, Sheldon is like the old wise coach. He's been around forever. You know, he's with the oldest real estate company in town. He's the blue chip guy. And in a fluctuating real estate market, it's sort of like trying to be the receiver, catching a football that's been kicked into a 30-mile-an-hour wind, trying to figure out whether the ball's going to come at you or short or left or right, where you're going to go. He knows how to position himself, no matter what the market. He's like the guy that figures it all out, gets the thumb in the air, feels the wind, and then positions himself absolutely perfect to get you to the closing table. If you're thinking of selling your home and you want to know how to position yourself in the best spot in a market, go to three real estate brokers, make sure he's one of them, and he will get you to that closing table, the goal line. That's what it is. Let him be your guy. It's all about preparation, presentation, and a pricing strategy that works. No brag. That's fact. Remember, don't pick an agent who might fumble the ball. Get the guy who catches it and gets you to the closing table. Sheldon, Marks Bensdorf, 483-0546 or memphisrelocate.com. We will relocate to somewhere down on the border of Memphis and Olive Branch, we will speak with Jason Munns from the Commercial Appeal momentarily. Add a little fun to your lunch break. Join Johnny Radio for Sports 56 Happy Hour from 11 to 1 every weekday on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now, back to Wolo and Friends on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM, presented by Homer Skelton Hyundai. Here once again is the voice of the Tigers, Dave Woloshin. Believe it or not, a couple of weeks away, Tiger basketball is here, and Jason Munns, the beat writer for the commercial appeal of the Tigers, always on top of things, has been at all these practices. He's got plenty of takeaways. He's written a great story about who the next go-to guy is going to be and everything else, an update on DeAndre Williams, you name it. Munzee's giving it to us. Good morning. How are you? Haven't talked to you in a while. Let me make sure I get you on the air. There we go. Hey, I, <laughs> it has been too long, but uh, glad, to, uh, glad to be back with you. All right, give me uh, what you think about this team that we've seen come together on paper, minus Williams. We'll get to that in a second. But what you've seen, this uh, conglomeration of a lot of different pieces of talent here, starting to learn how to play together, what's your best perception of that process? I mean, I really like them a lot. Uh, You know, like when you just sort of put things – when you just sort of evaluate things on the surface and and, and everything, like it, it's it, this is going to be a really good team. Uh, or this is going to be this team is going to have a lot of potential. But but you're right. Um, it's it's going to really. I think the overarching theme of this season is going to be how well they can adjust um, to each other, to the new system, to the new league. Uh, you know, all, all that stuff, uh, like, like there's going to be a lot of 
you know, it, it's it, it, it has the potential for some kinks that are going to pop up every once in a while. Um, but I don't know. I mean, it, based on what I'm seeing and based on what I'm what I'm hearing, uh, you know, so far so good. But you know. Uh, the lights haven't come on yet, so uh, we'll see. We'll see about that when when the lights come on. DeAndre Williams, there's one more appeal. I I honestly did not know that there have been two attempts to get him in that were already turned down by people at the NCAA. I did not know that till I read that from your account. Great reporting there. Now there's one last one coming. What what's your gut feel on DeAndre Williams? I mean, to me. You know, there it would have to be something really, really compelling the third time around to make them to make anybody, much less the NCAA, change their mind after they've issued a you know a, a decision twice. Um, and the really the way it breaks down is the first the first thing was a request for reconsideration, just a simple request for reconsideration, is what they call it, of the original decision that was denied. Um, then they submitted a formal, you know, waiver request, essentially, uh, based on the misadvisement that was denied and they get one appeal. And so that is what is outstanding at this point is the appeal of the waiver request that was initially denied. So yeah, in essence, they, they've been denied twice. They get one more shot. If it's denied, there is no recourse. It's, it's, it's final. Um, at that point, and you know, I would think something is going to shake out here in the next two weeks. Probably uh, would be my guess. Sometime within the next two weeks, um, but yeah, like you know, I don't know. Like I'm not saying it's impossible that you know so there will be some swerve uh, in the NCAA's uh, you know rationale, the way they the way they're you know what what they're using to decide everything but if they've already denied it twice that doesn't that doesn't seem like on the surface that it bodes well for uh for for a third try well without him ken palm has memphis as 32 they finished 22 last year i think in the ken palm uh with this grouping is that good bad fair what do you think i think it's pretty fair actually i mean uh, here's the thing David Jones averaged 13 points a game last year. Jaquan Walton, same thing, right around that. Uh, Caleb Mills, same thing, right around that. Um, and then you've got Javon Quinterly, who scored over 1,100 points in his three seasons at Alabama. Um, you know, and did what he, you know, like what, what was he, uh, 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 SEC Tournament MVP and Co-Six Man of the Year last year in the right. SEC. Um, Jordan Brown, 6'11", uh, average nineteen and eight or nineteen and well, ten or they, something. They like can't that. all average that. We know that, right? Right, right, right. That's all. That's all very true. But at the same time, that's a lot of talent that you put on the floor. That you're going to put on the floor at the same time. Um, and so you would think, <laughs> on paper, that that would uh, that that would be promising. Um, and so I think that's why they are at thirty two. And and. I would say the only reason they're not higher is because they are also new and they all can't average what they've been averaging. Um, so I think 32 is fair. Um, and, uh, yeah, like, yeah, it's, it, Ken Palm's got them a projected record of 22 and seven. And the reason for that is with the, uh, MTEs, like the battle for Atlantis, they only look at one game. They don't, they don't actually factor in those other two games right. because it's a weird thing with the algorithm. But, um, yeah, twenty-two and seven is what uh, Ken Palm's formula has them projected to be, and uh, uh, he, he he his system projects that they will be underdogs in only three games um, at Mizzou, at Mizzou, at Texas A and M, and at FAU. So uh, they win all the games they're supposed to, uh, according to Ken Palm. They they could be in for a really, really, really special season. Hmm. Uh, we used to complain when they were not included in the field. Lenardi, I think, has them as a seven. Uh, you know, I, I personally would love six. I love six. That's a really good spot to be. But we'll see. Uh, you know, that's for sure. One thing I wonder about is defense. You're watching practices. They've not played together. We know they all have these great offensive skills. 
Defense is team. And um, Penny's got an interesting, what has been a very productive scheme. How are they grasping all of that? Penny says, we, we, we talked to him about that on Saturday, and he said it's, it's, they're making strides. Um, you know, re, in, in reality, none of these guys, or very few of these guys, you know, came up uh, the way, you know, playing the way Penny likes to play. And so there's going to be some adjustment. Um, but the, the guys like Jalen Young, Nick Jordan, even Caleb Mills to a certain extent, those guys are playing some really solid defense in practice from what I've seen and, and heard. And I think Javon Quinterly's coming along in, in that uh, respect. We know Malcolm Dandridge has been around for a long time with Penny, so he knows the drill. Um, yeah, I, I don't think it's going to be quite as smooth uh, as, a, as of a ride. Um, I think when they struggled uh, in the past, they were able to lean back, you know, fall back on their defense. I think they're going to have to fall back on their offense this year, at least early. Um, but I think they're getting there. They'll, they'll be they'll be okay. He's Jason Munz. You read him every day in the commercial appeal. I can't wait for this thing to unfold. We'll know a little bit more, maybe even the Williams case, next time we talk next Monday. Thank you, Jason. We appreciate you. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Wallace. That's Jason Munz. Brought to you in part by the folks that are taking care of beerness in Memphis. You know that. That's Grind City Brewing. That's the place where you can get what the doctor ordered, the Pilsner that's called Poppy's Pills. Or maybe you'd like the Pale Ale, the Godhopper. That's number two, I think, on their list. The new ones, the Amber Lager called Thaddeus, the Blue Moonish kind of thing, the Belgian-style wheat ale called Belga. There's Tiger Tail. That's the craft malt liquor. This is all about a taste of Memphis, a father and son team years ago that said, we want this dream of a brewery downtown. They got it. And then they became a fixture, a taste of Memphis, Grind City Brewing. Go check out all of their products for Monday Night Football tonight. We'll do this again tomorrow morning. I believe we have the return of John Harden today. Is that true? That is correct. There's a rumor going around that happy hour with Johnny is back. He's next. Stick around for it.